You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Well, I think I'm doing okay for a 15-year-old with a wife and a baby. Back on The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. We'll kick things off in fine style this week as we're going to uh, look ahead to the coming season for the United States Hockey League. I guess it's officially underway now that the uh, Fall Classic uh, in Pittsburgh is uh, in the books. And the guy who was out there watching it firsthand, Ryan Wagman from McKean's. Welcome back to The Pipeline Show, Ryan. How are you? Great, Guy. Thanks for having me on. I uh, appreciate it, and uh, I know you were out in Pittsburgh, so you were able to take in a bunch of games in a very short period of time. Biggest highlight, uh, maybe uh, when you look back at uh, the all the games that you saw, was there one thing that immediately jumps to mind when you look back at that uh, that weekend? It's a good question. I, I think, looking at it, the thing that stuck with me, I guess, most consistently throughout the various games was that there are a lot of really good goalies this year. I mean, you know, traditionally the USHL had been a, a league that had been better for goalies because a lot of young goalies, say in the CHL, didn't, you know, often uh, become starters until after their draft year, whereas in the USHL they were more likely to. But in the last few years, it was, um, it had gone down a little bit. And last year was a little bit weaker because the CHL had started to, um, allow European goalies to play in the league again. Mm-hmm. And so the quality of the net mining last year was a little bit down, not counting Spencer Knight, of course. Uh, whereas this year, I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, there were five goalies who were already drafted playing in the USHL. And I, I saw a couple more that looked to be uh, interesting uh, follows for the season to come. Well, interesting then uh, that there's uh, there's some already drafted goalies. I know uh, Dominic Bessie, one of them that uh, comes to mind, didn't uh, – his stats line doesn't look great. I know his team lost six five, uh, and he was. Uh, he didn't look the, very good either. Yeah, no, that's unfortunate uh, for Chicago Blackhawk fans. Well, it's only one game. I wouldn't, you know, I'm, I'm not going to rush a judgment on him just yet off of one game. Really, on anybody off of one game, especially somebody like Bessie, who, you know, I think he's jumping basically two levels from from last year to this year. Mm-hmm. I'd give him a little bit more time. That said, though, one of the more interesting um, draft eligible goalies I saw uh, last weekend was the guy that Bessie will be competing with. Um, for the the crease in Youngstown and um, Colin Purcell, uh, Colin Purcell yeah. who's gigantic and he's he was a bit more stable. Bessie was a little bit all over the place. And again, it's one game, and I'm not going to say you know he's a bust off of one game, but he's certain of the five um, that that I saw of the drafted goalies, he was definitely number five as far as a first impression goes. Uh, I know another one would be Akira Schmid, who was drafted. I want to say it was New Jersey. Uh, started last year off. Mm-hmm. Up here in the WHL with Lethbridge, they released him after a, a terrible training camp, uh, but went down and, and actually had a pretty decent season last year in Omaha. And he's he's back for another season with the uh, with the Lancers. Absolutely, he was um, you know he was kind of a bit more stable. He's ready for this league. I don't know. It seems to me that Lethbridge maybe made a mistake in dropping him so quickly because if I'm not mistaken, he only played I think one game for them in the um, in the regular season. And yes, it was not a good game. But, um, you know, sometimes it takes a goalie, especially a big goalie, a little bit of time to kind of get used to things, especially, say, the size of the rinks in North America where compared to where, you know, he'd been playing in Switzerland prior to that. But he's got – he's big. He's got quick feet, a sturdy glove hand. Um, you know, he had a good game against Madison uh, in the one game he played this weekend. And, and so, yeah, he's going to be another, um, you know, another top goalie for the for the league, and he's going to definitely be a key player in, in Omaha's chances this season. All right. Well, I, usually we would go with a, a season preview. We'd, uh, we'd go team by team, but maybe we'll go by position. And our, who are some of the other top goalies out of the USHL that you're expecting at least to be top goalies in the league this year? So uh, I mentioned Purcell, who, yep. who was really impressive in the game that I saw him. But the one guy who really stuck out to me, and I, I have his image kind of branded in my brain right now, 
is uh, Shamil Shmakov um, from Cedar Rapids. Uh, he was drafted by Colorado, I think, uh, two years ago. And he is really, like, I mean, you know, Atir Schmidt's big and Colin Purcell's big, but compared to Shmakov, they're kind of small. Shmakov is, is, is a huge. Um, and, you know, he's all limbs. He kind of reminds me of, of, I remember thinking similar things of Keith Petrozelli a few years back. Um, but he is, I'm trying to find his, uh, his listed size. He's listed at six foot eight yeah. and just under 200 pounds. He looks like a giant spider. He kind of like projects out from his crease. He's, you know, aggressive, attacks the shooter and he leaves very little room to, uh, to shoot on when he comes out. I think the only way you're going to be able to beat him regularly is by, you know, make getting like in tight cross crease passes to get him to open up the five hole while he moves across. But he's got, I mean, when he's set, you can't beat him down low. There's no room at all. Um, and there's not much room up high either, but he he was just really impressive. I like the aggressiveness. Uh, he did make some weird, uh, decisions trying when he tried to play the puck, but again, you know, I'm not going to look at that too much yet. Uh, you know, again, the, the size of the rink may be throwing him off a little bit so far. I know my, uh, associate in Russia was saying, you know, he did have an issue with consistency in Russia. And if he's kind of over that, he looked, he was just really he was fun to watch. Uh, it's a massive, uh, guy in between the pipes for sure. Um, uh, mm-hmm. replacing Spencer Knight with Team USA, I guess there's a couple of guys with Drew Camesso and uh, Noah Granin. Uh, both of them, uh, I believe, picked up wins uh, during the Fall Classic. You know, what do you expect? Uh, yes. is, is this going to be a platoon situation, or is one guy clearly the starter there? I think it's going to be a – but like last year, I mean, even with Spencer Knight, it was almost completely a platoon situation. If you look throughout the regular season, and you know this does not uh, get into the under-18s, I'm pretty sure by then they'll pick somebody, but – through the course of the regular season, they were almost, you know, one game in, one game out between Knight and uh, Cameron Rowe. Um, you know, this year in the first two weeks, yeah, as you said, uh, both goalies played a game. Um, you know, I didn't get to see the second game when Camiso uh, pitched a shutout against um, Sioux City. But uh, Granin looked fine uh, in the game that I that I saw him in. Um, reports that I heard from the game two, though, Camiso might be have a slight edge, I guess, uh, at least early on. Um, but I, you know, the other thing I heard that is that, um, team USA, when it comes to the international events, it wouldn't be surprising to see them recruit a goalie who's not currently in the program to, uh, to play for them, whether it's somebody who's playing in another team in the USHL or calling up somebody from the under 17. But I think both goalies are, had a decent start. However, you know, it's fair to say that last year with the under 17, neither of them really stood out. So I wouldn't say that they're settled. Uh, situation there in either case. All right. Well, sticking with Team USA, unless is there another goaltender that you think uh, we should give a shout out to uh, early on here? Well, um, you know, there's just a few more drafted goalies, so it's worth mentioning that sure. uh, you know if you're a fan of a team, uh, Jersey actually has two drafted goalies in the league. In addition to uh, Schmidt, there's Cole Brady, who they drafted out of the North American Hockey League last year, and he is playing for I uh, just Fargo. Yeah, I just forgot. Yes. And he, uh, his first game, thank you, he looked good in the first game. I saw him the second game. He was beat a couple of times. But Fargo has a good defensive team, so his numbers should be good. And I, I think his play is good enough that, um, you know, he's definitely worth watching. There's uh, Ethan Hader, uh, yeah. if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, he was drafted by Nashville. Um, his first game was okay. Um, you know, he, was, he, he does go into the um, – drops into the, uh, the butterfly a little bit too quick. So if you wait on him um, – you could beat him high, and um, you know I, I, I sorry I didn't mention uh, his team, but he is um, uh, he's in Sioux City. Yeah, yeah, so I saw him play against Chicago in the first game, 
again, you know, most of the time he looked good, but he was beaten a few times by really hard uh, kind of top corner shots when he dropped into the to the butterfly really quick. Um, and uh, did I think that I mentioned all of them, didn't I? Oh, yeah, sorry, Eric Portillo uh, with Dubuque. He is somebody I'm really interested in seeing. I, I didn't manage to see his first game. Uh, he, they finished their their first game. The one he played in was a 10 a.m. game on the Thursday, and I only got in time for the second game. Um, but he's gigantic. Our, our Swedish reporter really loved him last year. And he's somebody who I think is, is key to Dubuque's chances this season. But uh, from what I heard, this first game, he did look really good. And, um, you know, based on the, I guess, the the um, the word on him in advance is good. So I, I think, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a hard year for shooters this year. Ryan Wagman from McKean's my guest here on the Pipeline Show. We're looking ahead to the uh, this USHL season. Um, when I'm looking at the uh, the 2018 draft results and you see the U.S. Uh, the development program dominated through the first round. I mean, that was such a remarkable squad last year. Uh, this year seems to be a much more normal, maybe even below average uh, uh, development team, the U18 squad this year. How would you describe that group? Certainly a, a tough act to follow and would be unfair to expect them to have, you know, what did they have, eight guys in the first round last year? I think so, yeah. It was, last year's team was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you know, up and down the lineup. I think, if I'm not mistaken, everybody except for two draft eligible players were drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, that's, I was actually surprised at least that one of them didn't get drafted, but it was a f- fantastic year, the fantastic squad they had last year. This year's team, there is talent. You know, I wasn't necessarily expecting um, anything like what they had last year, but I was pleasantly surprised by what I saw in their in the first game of theirs uh, this year. Um, you know, we, we talked about the goalies, uh, but I should mention that, I, my opinion, the top player on this year's team is actually somebody who's not eligible until 2021, uh, Matthew Benyers, hmm. who was called up last year from the 17th to the 18th late in the year. And, you know, by the under 18 turn, by the world under 18s, he was already a, like a top player. Um, he's really, really, really talented, but he's a November birthday, so he's not going to be eligible until 2021. Um, beyond him, Hunter, there's only one other player though, who is a late birthday. So most of the rest of the team will be firmly in the crosshairs of scouts this year. Um, some of the guys who stuck out early, uh, now Tyson Milanich had a lot of early press, but he didn't play in the weekend. I, I don't know if he was hurt or, or for what the reason was because yeah. he didn't announce uh, scratches, but he didn't play. So I, I can't comment on him yet, but I will say, um, you know, I, I was impressed by, um, ah, I'm looking at the roster, Eamon Powell. A uh, defenseman who seems to be kind of a, a guy who likes to attack, likes to carry the puck, join the rush. I think he'll need to shore up his defensive play, and, and you know he does get back. It's not like he ignores that side. I think he, if he can shore up his defensive play a little bit because he is kind of on the smaller side, he could be one of the uh, more exciting players on the team uh, that I saw. Um, I liked what I saw from Hunter McCown. Uh, he was kind of used on the fourth line, but he's got really good hands. He's a very good skater. Um, you know, uh, Landon Slaggard, who I believe is Graham Slaggard's brother, uh, played. He's a bit of an agitator uh, with some talent. Um, he was impressive. Uh, there, there, there are a lot of good players, and I do think a lot of them will be drafted. I just don't know that I'm pretty sure we're not going to see eight of them in the first round. You know, in fact, it, we might see closer to what we've seen in the previous years where you have two or three guys going in the first round, and then the, the rest of the squad gets picked up uh, later on, I should also mention, I don't think I mentioned Luke Tuck also on the team. Alex Tuck's younger brother mm. plays a very similar game to Alex Tuck. Big boy, good hands, physical, tough. Uh, I, I think he's going to be, he, he has a good chance of being one of the higher guys drafted from this squad. Yeah, leading them in scoring after the uh, the fall classic with five points in two games. And I was going to ask you if there was a, 
a relation there, a much younger brother than uh, than Alex Tech. All right, uh, outside of the program, um, who's the uh, the odds on favorite right now in your mind to to be the top team in the USHL this year? So I look at I think three teams that to me stuck out as at least having you know again it's a small sample size and one game can be uh it could not be necessarily indicative of what you're going to see the rest of the year but over a two game sample the three teams that look to me to have the most depth and skill up and down the roster were Cedar Rapids Chicago and Waterloo mm-hmm. um, you know other teams have a lot of good things as well to recommend them um, but those three I thought up and down had both. The, the skill to score and, and the, um, the strength in the back to stop the other team from scoring to be, uh, you know, big contenders. Uh, you know, Cedar Rapids, uh, most particularly, I thought it was their, they were led by their blue line. Uh, they have, you know, in addition, well, the Schmackov is in that, but in addition to them, the next line of defense was also just really, really strong guys like uh, Will Francis, who was drafted last year by um, Anaheim. Uh, he's, he's huge, uh, and I guess he needs another year here before he goes to Minnesota Duluth. But there were a few guys who were draft eligible who also impressed me in terms of their their blue line, uh, whether it's first-year eligible players like Alex Gagne and Bennett Zmolek or second-year eligibles like Ben Meehan, who really impressed me. He's a UMass Lowell recruit. And uh, Jack Miller, they have a big blue line. They're mobile. Uh, they're young. Uh, I, I think they're going to be tough to, to beat. Uh, and I was also impressed by uh, a forward who I believe it's his first year in the USHL named, uh, and I'm probably totally mispronouncing his name, but Justin Rakoian uh, okay. from Montreal. He's a Northeastern commit. Really good. Just He was kind of a type of player who's, you know, everywhere at once. He's always in every positive um, scoring chance. He's directly involved. Um, so I think they're going to be fun to watch. Grant Silianov, who had 41 points last year, I don't think he went, I don't think he got drafted, did he, for Cedar Rapids? No, he was not. And actually, if you look back, he was one of the top in his draft year uh, for the for the USHL, he was one of the top picks in the draft. He was—he's he's not a bad player. I don't have anything against him. He just doesn't have any one um, skill that has him kind of stick out uh, towards anybody else. You know, we thought he could be drafted, but when he wasn't, it wasn't totally surprising. If he—if he does have a, a stronger year, if he's more assertive offensively, um, you know, he could be drafted in the second year of eligibility. Although I didn't see that at least uh, last weekend. Okay, fair enough. You were going to continue on. Uh, was it with Chicago? With Chicago Steel, yes. So they're an interesting team. They have a lot of sons of playing for them as well. Um, Jim Dow Jr., uh, former, uh, father played for the Devils. Uh, Josh Doan, Shane Doan's son, plays for them. Brendan Brisson, the, the son of the agent Pat Brisson, is there. Right. Um, they're, they're a really interesting team as well. Uh, they're also, you know, a lot, they get a lot of notoriety for their association with Daryl Belfry, uh, who w- works on skills with them. Uh, and, and you can kind of see it in their play. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, talking about uh, Ethan Hader, how he was beat. You know, he kind of, the shooter waited a little bit. He went down and the, the shooter went high on him a few times. That was Chicago who did that. And that's something I could, you know, they, uh, a lot of things that I know Belfry is known for is kind of um, shot selection. And you can kind of see it in the way they still play. It's a very, they play a high tempo game. There's a lot of skill up and down the roster. You know, I mentioned three players, but, you know, guys like uh, Matthew Smuskevich, or he's known as Mackie, Sean Farrell, who played with the under 18s last year in a more of a depth role. Uh, he was a late birthday, so he's still in the USHL. He'll be draft eligible this year, and he's got a lot of talent to him. Uh, Brisson is um, is gonna, it's his first year of eligibility, too, so he's going to be somebody to watch. Um, they just have a lot of talent this year. I think they have better goaltending than they had in the past. Uh, a Swedish uh, goalie named Victor Ostman and a goalie out of California named Ian Shane both look good on the weekend. They could be a team to watch. And also somebody to pay attention to on the Steelers roster is another um, 
2021 draft eligible defenseman named Owen Power. Uh, he's uh, from the Toronto area, um, gigantic, like 6'5", great hockey name. You know, anytime your last name is Power, it's a, it's a good name for, for the game. But um, he, you know, at the beginning of last year, he was very young. He looked a little bit like a deer in the headlights. But by the end of the year, he was a dominant force. And I think this year he's going to be even better. And I think that he's not draft eligible to 2021. Is, uh, it's got to be exciting for the USHL and for the Steel fans. Um, and I'd be remiss not mentioning Gunnar Wolf Fontaine, who also yep. has just a really fun name. Yeah. And he's a fun player to watch. You know, he's not big. I think he could have been draft. He could have been drafted last year. Um, but you know, he wasn't, he's not, you know, he doesn't have any great tools, but he's a bit of an agitator. And, you know, he, as he showed at least like he could pick it, he's got a shot. Um, so he's just fun to watch. So, and, um, I guess that, that, you know, the steel and, and Cedar Rapids will probably be, uh, duking it out for the, um, the top team in the Eastern conference for sure. Uh, how's Gunnar Wolf Fontaine skating? Um, not exceptional, but he's, he's I'd say average for the league. Um, you know, he's he's only listed about five foot nine yeah. uh, in the one sixties, uh, so he's not big. His skating, it's never stuck out to me. And said that you know he's a uh, he's a blazer, but you know he keeps up. He gets where he needs to go. Um, he's not going to be leading the rush or anything like that with regularity, but. He's not a bad skater. Okay, I was wondering if there was a bit of a you know Trey Fix Wolanski. I don't know how how familiar you are with uh, with him, but you know not a tall guy, but skating was an asset for him. And you know they both have the offensive mm. side side to their game. But uh, if uh, if you're small and just an average skater, uh, that could be a, a difficult thing for Fontaine. Uh, the the last team that you were uh, speaking highly of was Waterloo. Uh, what what stands out about the Blackhawks for you? Well, Waterloo is also a team that's always got a lot of depth up and down the roster. Um, like Chicago with Sean Farrell, they also have a guy who played with the under 18 last year who was, um, had a late birthday in, uh, Ryder Rolston, who I'm almost positive is, uh, Brian Rolston's son. Right. Um, and he plays a lot like his father. You know, he's a great skater. Um, he, he's a good kind of two way presence. Um, but he's not really even the most exciting guy on that team in my mind. I mean, there's guys like, um, Wyatt Shingotha, I'm not sure if I pronounced that right. Uh, Dane Montgomery, there's a lot of young draft eligible talent there. Uh, the goaltending, uh, they used a guy actually out of the Ottawa area for the weekend named uh, Gabriel Carrier, who I believe was playing uh, Junior A in Ontario last year, who looked pretty solid, steady. Not, not uh, you know, a world beater in that, but uh, a very kind of a reliable presence. Um, there's just a lot of youth. Uh, there's some good size. There's a, a Czech forward named Andre Seneca. Mm-hmm. Big six foot six power forward uh, does a lot. You know the team game is, you know, I mean, well, like you could expect under a coach like PK O'Hanley, they do a lot of things well. Um, you know, and I just, I just see like a team that it might not have one player who's going to rise up again above everybody else and 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 you know be on the tips of everybody's tongue. This is not a, a league or you know this is not a team that has somebody like a Bobby Brink or a Igor Afanasyev or Robert Master Simone like last year. In fact, I don't know if the league has a player like that yet this year. But as a team, that their overall team game was it was just strong. Um, you know, both they they could, you know, uh, force the play on on offense and they could shut things down on defense. Um, and the West in general was maybe a little bit, I don't want to say weaker yet, but didn't spark as much as some of the teams in the East did over the weekend, with the exception of Waterloo. So they, I think, have an early leg up uh, on the league. All right, uh, Ryan. Uh, when you look at the rest of the league, uh, who are some of the standouts you expect from a you know who are among the scoring leaders and uh, obviously keeping an eye on the the draft eligible guys, uh, other players uh, through the league that we should keep an eye on. 
Um, sure. There's, there's, you know, I think one thing that's interesting this year is that, um, and I was talking about this to some people uh, over the weekend, the USHL is kind of a funny league. You know, you look at, say, the CHL, right? And, and a lot of people are very familiar with, with the, you know, with the OHL or WHL or the Quebec League. Very few players leave the league before their eligibility is up. I mean, you get maybe two players in all three leagues who leave after their first draft eligible year because they make an OHL roster. Another maybe half doesn't make it after their second year. And then, but really most, you know, everybody outside of the top handful of players plays through the end of their um, CHL eligibility. Where the USHL, it's much different. Um, you know, up to say even half the league is, is uh, recycled after their draft eligible year because they go to college. Uh, you know, and colleges, if you can contribute at the NCAA level, they'll take you as a true freshman. And then the guys who were there at 19 and 20 were the late bloomers or the guys who are, you know, more, say, depth players, um, the guys who are less likely to, to be drafted or have, uh, uh, you know, outstanding professional careers in North America. But, you know, that said, you still get a lot of guys who are those late bloomers who, who come up later, who can, um, who can contribute at this league and do well at the league, and even if they're not necessarily the, you know, most exciting draft prospects. Uh, but I think, you know, watching the the league the, this weekend, I can see pretty much every team has some good, interesting players who are draft eligible, and even teams who have been historically weaker, like Madison, who has been almost a bottom feeder for, for the last few years at least. Uh, they had some good talent, and look at their team that could make some waves this year. You know, they can score. Um, I was really impressed by one draft eligible player named Carson Bantle, who they had going on their first line, and, uh, you know, he's got size, he can skate, good stick. A uh, good stick handler. He was playing with a Hungarian center by the name of Christoph Path, who also impressed me much more than they did last year. Um, and he'll be in a second year of eligibility, and they can, you know, they can give uh, uh, Madison something to, to work with. Uh, Lincoln was also horrible last year, and they have a lot of young players this year, and players who can can also, you know, make some noise, and make Lincoln a better team than they were. Um, Tri City had a rough weekend, but it was mostly they couldn't finish. And whether that, I, I think there was still a lot of skill on that roster. You know, whether you're looking at players like, um, well, they had um, uh, the player draft by at least Michael Kester, who didn't play on the weekend, but will be a very good player to watch over the course of the year. But also players like, say, Mitchell Miller on defense, who was on Cedar Rapids last year. Or um, uh, there's a big forward they had by the name of Nick Capone. Um, I think that's how you pronounce it, or Nick Capone, who was also impressive. He had good speed, good, uh, just huge size, kind of a big power forward type. Um, you know, we're looking at say a team like Dubuque, who we talked about Eric Portillo and Net, but they also have the uh, the, ja- the Jackson twins up front, uh, Dylan and Ty, who could have been drafted last year. And it would have been surprising if they were. They're fun to watch, but uh, their size is getting away. There's they have another big 20 uh, year old named Reese Gaber, who I don't think he's an NHL prospect, but he's excellent at the USHL level. So Dubuque could also challenge uh, you know Cedar Rapids and Chicago in the East. Um, Fargo is not a team that has known for any one particular player or two, but they have a really good team game. They're really tough to score against and create opportunities against. Um, so I don't know if I can say they're going to be fun to watch, but they're going to be a strong team. Uh, one other guy I wanted to ask you about, and, and only because Muskegon seems to find a Russian who will play a year in the league and then goes to the uh, OHL, and that's happened the last couple of years. But Daniel Gushkin is their guy. This year, do we know anything about him? I know he's draft eligible, but outside of that, did he uh, leave you with any sort of impression? So Daniel Gushkin is a very good player, and I I was, you know, mistaken. I should have mentioned him a bit earlier. He is probably one of the uh, better draft eligible players in the in the uh, circuit this year. 
Um, he, I, it was actually, I was a bit surprised that he didn't go to the OHL. Like, you know, as you mentioned, you know, he had guys like Svechkov or Afanasyev who had that one year with Muskegon and they left. Yeah. Um, so he is still here. Uh, he is, he's small, uh, which is something that might hold him back. He's not a shooter. He's very much a playmaker more than he is a shooter. Uh, but he's very skilled with the puck. He is a, a good skater, if not an excellent skater. Um, but he is more, it's his puck skill that sets him apart. Uh, you know, he's only five foot eight, one sixty-five, uh, but he can lead the rush. He can he can create some magic when he has the puck on his stick, and he can find teammates and make them better. Um, you know, I don't know if I, I think his size might make it more difficult for him to be a, a first-round pick, uh, but he's somebody I can definitely see going in the second or third round uh, if he can, you know, add maybe another step to his, his stride. All right, excellent. Well, that's a good preview of the USHL. Unless there's anything you want to add uh, to uh, what you're expecting this year in the league? Um, you know, not much. I mean, it, it's it's a long season. We really just started, and I'm sure you know we get uh, two months into the year. Um, in fact, you know, I'll say, put it like this: I spoke to somebody who is involved in one with one of the teams uh, during over the weekend, and I commented to him that his team looked good. He says, "Yeah, it's it's really early. You know, talk to me in January. Yeah. You know, a lot of these players are, are really young, and like I said, it's a very you know seventeen, eighteen year old heavy league. Um, and a lot of these players, it takes them a few months to to really show what they have. And so, as much as we saw this weekend, we're going to know a lot more after Christmas. Ryan, before I let you go, uh, what's new at McKean's? Well, um, we you know recently released our the 2019-20 uh, annual guidebook, and that you know includes not just stuff for fantasy hockey players." projections and scoring and whatnot up and down the league, but also our, um, our prospect coverage, of course, you know, every team gets their top 20 prospects listed. We uh, list our top 250 uh, prospects. Um, you know, it's, uh, I think we have a lot of, as much information as we always had pride ourselves in having and more, um, you know, for, I think it's 1299 or 1399. Um, anybody you can get a subscription to our site, which will give you access to all the, the draft coverage we do throughout the year. Um, scouting reports and on most top draft eligible players, but also give you access to download the, uh, the guidebook. Um, and, and I, I can say, I guess I'm, I'm proud of it. You know, I, I've been looking at it over the last week or two. And it's just, there's a lot of really good information about the NHL level and the, I guess the underneath the NHL level, the, the prospects. Um, so there's anything any hockey fan could find something that they uh, that they could appreciate from this guidebook. Ryan, I know uh, most people know how to get uh, get to the website and all that, but for somebody who might be hearing this for the first time and, and uh, wants to check it out, what's the website? How do they get to it? It's uh, McKeenshockey.com. So that's M C K E E N S Hockey.com. Um, you know, and like I said, it, it is a subscription site, so. Um, for 12 or 13.99 per year, uh, you get access to everything on the site, including the download of the guidebook, the regular scheduling reports that we'll be starting within the next few weeks, uh, and we're going to be doing a lot more coverage this year about the leagues themselves. You know, the, the CHL leagues, the USHL, college hockey, AHL, uh, regular updates on what's going on in the top European leagues, Sweden, Finland, Russia, and more uh, previews for the you know the World Juniors, the World Under 18s. Um, and various other tournaments throughout the year. And so our goal really at McKean's is to make sure that every year we do more than we did the year before to give our readers, I guess, better bang for their buck. Great stuff, Ryan. As always, appreciate you making the time for the Pipeline Show. Look forward to having you on again. My pleasure, Danny. Time. Take care. Ryan Wagman from McKean's Hockey with a look ahead at the coming season for the USHL. And uh, you can share your thoughts on what he had to say. Hit me up on Twitter at TPS 
underscore Guy. You can also follow uh, Ryan on Twitter as well. Just uh, You can find him at, it looks like Raw Wagman, R-A-W-A-G-M-A-N, Ryan Wagman on Twitter. And we go from previewing the USHL to previewing the NCHC. And if we're going to talk the NCHC conference, good guy to get is a uh, longtime contributor here on the Pipeline Show. That's Brad Elliott Schlossman from the Grand Forks Herald. He's up next here on the Pipeline Show. Minnesota Duluth gets it again. Tynan goes out of there on a tripping call. Third power play of the game for the Bulldogs. Fontaine dropped it in the middle. Great pass. Conley scores! Ladies and gentlemen, from Calgary, Alberta, Mike Conley, University of Minnesota Duluth National Championships 2011, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Ah, you babes, all about your Madison shoes. We got a thing we call the Madison Blues. We do the Madison Blues. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Dylan Larkin. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Kevin Shattenkirk. And James Van Riemsdyk were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! 